Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thank you, worship team, and thanks, church family, for being here today. Good to, to gather, fix our eyes on Christ, and excited about uh, where we are today as we'll be launching this new series that we're calling Family Pitching. The question that we're chasing is, what am I bringing to the table? What, what are we bringing to the table? And the picture of a family gathering where we each bring something to the table, and the challenge will be each Sunday, we're going to lock in on one virtue that, that uh, just captures a bowl full of goodness, life-giving, joy-giving, appetite-satisfying goodness, a virtue found in the heart of Christ that we can bring to the table of our, our family as we do life together. And so big thanks to uh, the Howard family, Kimmy, with her photography gift, and then uh, the modeling of these hands. Aren't those great hands? But is that, I'm guessing that's... Uh, Tim, and is this Amara? All right, so this is part of our team, and we have a bowl full of of goodness up here to represent the virtue that we'll be looking at today. Just to context this series, though, a little bit for us as a church family, and if you're new to our church, to let you know, we are one of our passions is to come alongside. Um, each one of us, as we live out our place in our family, and we all are part of a family. And to say, okay, how can we be Christ and live our lives in our family context in a way that would bring him glory in that we know God created the family to be the primary discipleship unit here on earth. And um, that it starts with the family. And we know the enemy is attacking our families and seeks to divide and create, uh, yeah, rip the relationships apart. And so each uh, year we take one series, this, as we get back to school, get back into the rhythm of life, in August, where we just lock in on uh, doing life together as family and seeking to glorify God as we do that. And so excited for what the Lord has for us. Today, our first virtue, well, uh, I'll I'll intro it this way. It it was a moment this past winter. I was in the throes of being attacked by just, and it was one of those just absolutely lamb-blasted, slobber-knocked by a cold. And you know that feeling when it's coming on you and you fight it, fight it, and then you realize the virus has got me. Uh, I'm toast. And so I was conceding to just, I've got to get to the store and get some pain or uh, uh, cold meds just to knock down the symptoms. So I was wondering through the store. Now, normally when I go to the store, I have a list and it's go mode. It's get it done, hustle through the list, and boom, 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 we're through. Well, on this day, the cold had already fogged up my head, and I resembled a, uh, my battery was about 5%, and I looked like a tumbleweed just drifting through a, a desert somewhere as I was wandering through Kroger and trying to get, get through this list. And when something hit me from behind, it kind of shook me up out of my fog and turned around and there it was a grocery cart that there was a steering the cart was a sweet grandma and she intentionally hit me and I remember looking back and just shocked and she I was in her way like okay and I apologized to her and said but as I walked on I was like that that hurt coming from grandma 
So I've wandered down to the uh, Kleenex aisle, and I was looking for the kind that have aloe in, that don't mess up your nose. And again, as I'm trying to make this decision about Kleenexes, somebody said something to me. I look over, and it was another sweet grandma who expressed her frustration that I was in her way. And you know that scary movie where you're, you see the back of somebody, and then they turn around, and it's, it's not who you thought they were. That was like what I was seeing with this, like, this is weird. So I made it outside, thankfully, without making any more grandmas mad. Got to the car, pulled out on the main road in this town. It wasn't here in Danville. And the car, and I'm sure I was at fault with my state of mind, but, but the car that came flying up behind me just hit the horn. And it wasn't a beep, beep, you're in my way. It was a, ah, would you get out of my way? And while you're doing that, get off the planet. You, you just frustrate me and as I turned off to my road I was just it it was one of those moments where you realize I I don't know that I've ever felt the compressed oppression of impatience like I did in those moments and so God had my attention I was like speak Lord I'm listening and he sent me that day on a journey of how am I doing in terms of being patient with the people around me and what I came to find out is it is core to our calling And not just to me, but to all of us. And it is one of the most important virtues when it comes to creating a healthy family and being Christ in the context of family. So that's where we're going today. We are going to, the simple challenge is to bring a bowl full of patience to the table as we do life together as family. So uh, today's question will be, really framed by the simple question, why does patience matter? As we think about it, I don't know about you, but it's not high on my priority list to be a more patient person. So we're going to ask the question, why does this matter? Why is this such a big deal to God? Why must this the formation of patience be an intentional step in my life? And we're going to look at five reasons God gives us in his word to bring a bowl full of patience to the table. The first one is patience is essential to living out our life mission. If you would join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 to 4, here we find the, a familiar passage, the, the love chapter, and we know this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth in chapter 12 and 14. He's talking about spiritual gifts and that when we come to Christ, we receive a gift to serve those around us and to do the good works he created us to do, and just beautiful reality. But but, but in this chapter 13, he says, but I will show you the most excellent way. And, and listen to what he says. If I speak with the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just noise. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but, have love, but, but do not have love, I am nothing. So, so these great gifts are useless if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Which leaves us asking then, what is love? And, and how do I live it out? And God gives us these descriptions, uh, I believe it's 15 um, descriptors of what is love. But notice what the first one is. Love is what? Patient powerful core to our life mission is that we would live a life of love and so what is love and the first word that god uses to describe love is patient meaning 
the imperfections of others have no effect on my affection for them or my commitment to continue to pursue their greatest good. And when we do lack patience, our words, our gifts, and our sacrificial generosity all lack impact. You can go back and read this text and plug in patience for where you see love. If I speak with the tongues of men or angels, but don't have love or don't have patience, I'm just noise. You think about that in the context of parenting, the context of marriage, the context of, of being a kid. If, we all, if I have the gift of prophecy and all these things, these uh, gifts, faith, and knowledge, but do not have patience, these gifts lack their input, their impact. I lack, I, I am nothing. And then if I have radical generosity, but do not have patience, I gain nothing. So the first reason to, to uh, practice patience, to bring patience to the table is it's essential to living out our life mission. Second reason that, that patience must be a priority in our formation is found in uh, Colossians chapter 3. And it's this, patience is to be the clothing that God calls us to, to be intentional about putting on each new day. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13 Paul writes, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So this is our identity. We've been chosen by God. We're holy, dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. And then here's our word, patience. So what's interesting about this text is the the command of it. We know patience is a quality that God forms in us. It's a fruit of the Spirit that um, he does the first work. When we come to faith in Christ, he begins to change our heart to be like Christ. But we're also called to be intentional about developing patience, to be active in, in putting this on. So you think about when you get ready in the day. And this morning, we all went into our closet and we pick out the clothes. We're intentional about what goes with what, and then we put them on. And here he's saying, okay, as a Christ follower, the everyday wear that we're to have is patience. So it would say, okay, if, 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 I was, if this is something I need to be pulling out of the closet every day and putting on, it's helpful to know what it is and what exactly are we talking about? What's it mean to be patient? So we'll go after some definitions here. I like this one. This was a fun one. Patience is the quality you admire in the driver behind you, but you can't stand in, in the driver in front of you, right? <laughs> Patience is putting up with the imperfections, the irritations of those around us. Rather than reacting in frustration and um, wanting to get out of that relationship, we're, we're calm and we stay in it with them. Patience is the ability to tolerate delays, problems, or even suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Patience is what we exercise as we do life with people who are in the process of maturing and people who are different than us. I was thinking one of the most helpful uh, personality tools with the Enneagram is it, it diagnoses uh, human personality in nine different ways, nine normal ways of seeing the world. And, and so we all see life differently. We operate in different paces and, and modes and perspectives. And here's the crazy reality. And I, I think why God made it first on the list of love. Isn't it interesting to think that we are all in the process of becoming. 
And why do we need patience? It's because there is a gap between who we are and who we hope to be and who other people um, experience us and how they hope to experience us. We are all in the process of becoming, of developing. It's fascinating to, to think about. Every one of us have room to grow, don't we? Room to mature in our, our journey of becoming like Christ. And so why do we need patience? Why is patience so important? It's because of that gap between who we are and who we will be that creates irritation in the people around us. We all irritate one another at some level with the gap. And so we, we need patience. It's why God says, you're going to need this every day. Clothe yourselves with this. Grow in this. So taking it into the, into the context of doing life together as family, what is it about the people in your life and in your home that test your patience? And here comes the list <laughs> that, that we have. And there are minor irritations, and then there are major irritations. And we all have those minor irritations that often we don't even realize. I, I think about when... My dear, sweet, wonderful wife married me. She had no idea that the lining on my cheeks lacked the insulation to cut out chewing noise. So, and one of my favorite uh, evening snacks is chips and salsa. And so, you know, as we're getting ready to crash for the evening, we used to watch TV, but now we have to, we, we sit there and talk on digital detox. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, here come the chips and it's like, oh man, it's going to test her patience to have to listen. She has a um, very good hearing as well to go along, along with this. And, but what a, um, yeah, it's minor irritations. What are those things that, that burn through your patience and just put you in that irritated state? And God's saying, all right, clothe yourselves with patience. What are the major issues, those big ones? That, and it's often, it's one thing to go through it once, but when you come back to that big issue again and back to that big issue again, what is it that, that God calls us to, to process those moments with? It's patience. Love is patient. To clothe ourselves with patience rather than reacting in rage or frustration or anger to practice patience. This is a side note, and this might be better discussed in counseling and be happy to talk as well. And I'm, What do you do with the exhaust fumes, the, the realistic exhaust fumes of irritation? As we grow in patience, picture if, you are, if you're a get get there kind of person and you're driving behind a very slow car and you get stuck on 39 going north and you're going 50 and a 55 for 10 miles you know that feeling when you get by that car you just want to go 100 <laughs> you've got all this exhaust fume of man you're late and all this stuff what do you do with the exhaust fume and we can talk more about that but there is a practical way. i think god to vent you know in a healthy way to him first talking to him lord these, these are the vent fillings i'm filling there's a physical way to vent in a healthy way where at one point in my life i, I owned a punching bag for plumbing projects that tested my patience and man it felt so good just to go out and psh, physically you vent hope not in a harmful way or to hurt others but and then uh and then venting appropriately with uh yeah but that's more in the counseling setting can talk through that but, but uh, second reason then, why practice patience? Because God calls us to put it on as part of our daily, daily robe. And then the third reason why practice patience, bring patience to the table is patience is what holds us together. 
as a family, but also as a faith family. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Here Paul is writing, in Ephesians you have the, the doctrinal section, what we know to be true, and then he moves into, okay, how does this apply to our life? And this is the first part of that application section where he says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Patience is what holds us together. I picture mortar between bricks. Patience is what ensures unity. It keeps us in relationship as we irritate one another, as we frustrate one another. So here I'm seeing the, the, you parents of preschoolers, and you're in that season of life where dinner time, you put them, the kid, kids in the high chair, and most of the, the food goes outside the mouth versus where it should go is in the mouth. And there's food flying all over the kitchen, all over the face, all over the table. Do mom and dad walk out the door because this kid is just chucking his food? And like, no, my, that, that's not, it's part of it, right? It, it's, it's part of the growth process. And, and it does test the patience and take patience, but so it is in relationship as family, but as church family. And as we grow up in our relationship with Christ, um, what holds us together? It's that patience that's just part of the process. Patience is uh, the sanctification, the process of becoming like Christ is messy as we teach one another, as we experience training, as we encourage, as we come alongside and just do life together. It often involves cleaning up messes, but the way we grow is through the context of a loving family, a family that's marked by patience. And just love that picture of our church family being a place marked by patience and and people who are, we're all seeking to grow in this. And even your your family, and you think about growing up and what a gift to have a mom and dad who, who are patient with us in our failures. And it's a safe place to grow up, isn't it? I was hanging out with some parents of preschoolers this uh, past week and just just amazed at um, the, and I was hanging out with the dads primarily, but hearing these men and watching these men patiently shepherd their kids and just that beautiful picture of a, a Christ-centered dad creating that safe place where the kid's not walking around on eggshells um, fearing failure, they're, they're being trained up, they're firm in their discipline and they are training them up, but they're, it's done with patience versus anger just a beautiful picture. The fourth uh, reason to practice patience, to bring patience to the table is patience is to mark our ministry with one another. A verse that is just so precious that sums up our ministry as we do life together is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. Paul's wrapping up this letter, and he's, he says this, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, Warn those who are idle and disruptive. So you have the warning for some people. Encourage the disheartened. So the people who are losing hope, encourage them and then help the weak. So you see these categories of people within church. And today, you know, we have these categories. But notice what happens with the last command. Be patient with who? 
with everyone. So here God gives specific instructions with people who are idle and disruptive. Warn warn them. With people who are losing heart, you know, encourage them. With people who are struggling in their life, strengthen them, help them. But what do we do with everybody? Everyone in the house. (laughs) Be patient. With who? Everybody. Why? Because we all need it. (laughs) So, question. Have you ever been around somebody who is patient with everybody? Have you ever been around that person? Man, you talk about a a picture of the glory of God in action and a a picture of some... It it, it sticks with you. My mind immediately goes to middle school, Ellis Park, our coach Steve Johnson who took an entire classroom I don't know how 30 kids down to the park to teach us golf he weaponized these young people with a club and a ball and then he stood out in front of us and he taught us this is how you hit a golf ball and then he got behind us and he said on my command fire and I am telling you when when we hit that ball it was chaos at another level. Balls going everywhere. There was no safe place in Ellis Park. I remember a school bus was coming down the road. We were golfing towards the pool. And man, it, balls are going towards that school bus. Clubs are flying. People are letting go of their clubs. But do you know what Coach did? He stood over there, unflappable, patient, and told us, all right, everybody, get your go. And let's do it again. And... So, neat deal. I was preparing to share this, and Friday night, he, was, he and his uh, sweet wife were at the Friday night cruise in, and they came rolling by, and I said, hey, Steve, your ears should be burning. I'm going to tell about when you taught us golf. And he said, oh, that brings to mind when I, t- I tried to teach you all archery. And, <laughs> and he had one student who had the bow, the bow pulled, and then Steve said something, and he turned around like this right at him. <laughs> And he and his wife are reliving that moment, but patient with everyone. Even middle school students trying to learn golf. Yep, that's God's calling to us. So often I think of patience as a necessary, necessary evil, something that we have to practice, but it's not desirable to practice. But what if practicing patience is one of the primary ways we display the glory of God while we're here on earth. Often we think about, what am I going to do with my life? Something big and great. But what if big and great is actually being patient with the irritating effects of the people around us? In heaven's scoreboard, in God's eyes, patience is not something we see or it's not a glorious thing, is it? But, but God sees it in us sees it in you and sees it as we practice it in the context of of our family which brings us to our fifth reason to practice patience and really the primary one and in this one is embedded the the how-to I think this is a powerful motivator and it is simply this God is so patient with me why practice patience because God is so patient with me if you would join me in second Peter chapter 3 verse 8 where uh, Peter is writing, why, why hasn't the Lord come back yet? He said, in the last days, there will be scoffers who will say, hey, God's not coming. Jesus said he would come, but he's not. 
verse 8, he says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slow, slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And as Wes mentioned in our time of communion, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, today is the day of salvation, and God, through Christ, has opened the way to have our sin forgiven, to enter into this precious relationship with Him that's eternal. But why hasn't He returned yet? And and there's one word, a one-word answer, and it's patience. I don't know if you felt this, but in a... Earlier this summer... The Dodgers in L.A. were honoring different groups in their community. And one of the groups was a, a group that actually was mocking Christ and his, his crucifixion for us. And I don't know, that hit my heart deeply. Um, you may reject my king, but don't mock him. And I wanted to just, um, I wanted to fight. And it was interesting, I thought about the time Jesus was there going to the cross, and there's Peter, and they come to take him, and Peter pulls out the sword, and Jesus is like, Peter, I can call 12,000, I can call legions of angels down, but I must do this. And the patience of, of our God, and patience of our Lord, and then what he calls us into, to be patient with those around us. Matthew chapter 11, verse or 18 verse 21 Peter comes to him and says Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times and Jesus answered I tell you not seven times but 77 times therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and as he began the settlement a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him so just no way to repay this amount of money Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. And notice the word that he uses. It's the same word that we've been tracking through Scripture. He says, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and he begged him. And notice, same word. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could, could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened. The master called the servant in, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers or sisters from the heart. God's mercy with us drives our mercy with each other. God's patience with us drives our patience with one another. You think, how patient has God been with you? As we look back, but then it's like, no, no, no. How patient is God with me in this moment? And his patience with me 
is what drives my patience with those around me. And so challenge of the day, as we think about what am I bringing to the table, is to bring a bowl full of patience to the table. Why? Why is this so important? Why is this such a, a, really a theme that runs through Scripture? It's core to our life mission. We are called to love one another. It's to be the mark of a disciple. And what is love? Love is, first word, (laughs) patient. It's to be our clothing. As we, new creations in Christ, we get up and go. Each new morning, we, we put on this clothing. It's to be the, uh, what holds us together as we irritate one another, keeps us in relationship as we put up with our family member throwing peas <laughs> again. We're, we're staying together in this. And then it's to mark our ministry, our service. We're to be patient with everyone. And then why do we do this? It's because God has been so, so patient with us, and it's how we reflect his glory. So what if we live this out in the context of our, our homes? What would this look like? And I love the picture of, of family. We talk about our church family being an outpost of heaven, but God created each of our homes to be an outpost of heaven as well, where we're bringing this bowl full of patience and think about, okay, husband, wife, as you practice this with one another. Um, the kids see this. We, we model this to, to the family, but, but we, we do this in the minor irritations. We do it in the major irritations with God's help, practice patience. Are you there? You say today, I'm in. As a, a husband, as a wife, to extend patience, to practice patience for the glory of God. Parents with kids, this is, we practice patience. This is to mark our training, to mark our discipline, to mark our interactions. Just because we have the power in the home doesn't mean we can just be harsh with our kids. That patience would mark our discipline. I know some of us were disciplined back in the Bob Knight era where we thought, hey, anger and scaring the daylights out of your kids was how you did it. That's not how God calls us to, to train up our kids. It's with patience that, that would mark that. Kids with parents. All right. I know as kids, sometimes your parents make, make a rule that just seems so often like, what in the world? Or they do something that doesn't make sense. Guess what? Kids, have your parents ever been parents before? Nope, this is their first try. So, patience with mom and dad, right? And I bet you, in 20 years, they will come to you and probably say, I'm so sorry for messing you up the way I messed you up. (laughs) At least that's what my dad says to me, and that's what Tam and I are saying to our kids these days. (laughs) We're trying our best, right? But even mom and dad need patience. And so we extend that to them. And then grandparents. I know it's not easy biting, our, biting your tongues, right? As you see the next generation tweaking the, the way we did it in the good old days. <laughs> but, but that we would even have patience in, in that context. What happens when we practice patience? We reflect the glory of God and we create a safe place to grow up, to be like Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's take a moment and as we pray, just ask or um, start with just thanking God for how patient he's been to you. And then we'll move into just asking him to form this virtue in us.
Father, we just thank you for your patience, and we see your glory, Lord. You, you don't just tolerate us, but you love us, you delight in us, and treasure us as your children, and yet you do that even in the midst of our imperfections. And Jesus, we think of you being called a friend of sinners, and knowing that you enjoyed the company of people who had such a long way to go. And we just thank you for that, Lord. It fills us with gratitude, with worship. And, and then, Lord, we, it moves us to want to extend this quality of patience to the people around us. And we pray that it would be so natural to us that we wouldn't even have to think about it, that we would just be patient people as you, through your Spirit, form this fruit of the Spirit in us, but also as we put it on, Lord, we thank you for the opportunities to practice it and just pray this week as we interact with others and experience frustrations that we would, uh, that this truth would renew our minds and transform us as we embrace these opportunities, not to resent, but rather to become more like you and to reflect your glory to a watching world. We pray that our homes would be an outpost of heaven and that our church family too would be an outpost of heaven. We pray this. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Well, we, uh, as we wrap up today, a couple just highlights would like to uh, uh, invite you to. The first one is tonight, our member meeting. We are wrapping up. We have three big member meetings per year where we celebrate together what God has done. We connect in friendship around a meal, and then we uh, communicate some important initiatives. And tonight we have our, uh, we'll have it at 4.30 to 5.30 here in the auditorium, and then we'll move outside for our uh, Lord willing, weather-wise, for uh, just a cookout together and a family time. And if you have not signed up, you can still do that. Just let us know. We uh, also, if you're not a member, we just invite you into. To, uh, you can, you're welcome to come to our meeting, but also uh, membership is really just throwing on that team jersey saying, this is the body of Christ I'm, I'm going to run with for this season. And celebrating, we start our Connect 101 today, and I think we have around, um, we have a full class, around 30, 40 people who are um, checking out our, our church family and, and seeing if that's the next step for you. So thankful for that. The uh, second thing, wanted to just put on your radar and give you a preview towards for a couple reasons one to be praying towards this day but also to be here and then to uh, as parents just a heads up in two weeks as part of our family series thanks to uh, Kyle brought this to my attention and and um, just the opportunity to have a, a gentleman here a pa- served as a pastor he's now speaking around the country his name's Joshua Broom but he God saved him out of a life of uh, he was involved in the adult entertainment industry and um, was just, yeah, way down the road in this. And it was sapping his soul. And think about one of the big threats for us in our culture right now is the whole realm of sexuality and honoring Christ with our sexuality. And it is just, you can, it's all out. The, the, the enemy's seeking to to take us out through that rather than honoring him. And so what's neat about Joshua's story, one, he's going to come share the word of God, but share his testimony that, that gives a, a testimony of hope. And how do we navigate this? And then he's going to speak to our high school students, middle school students, and parents afterwards at a luncheon. 
But so that's in two weeks. The thing that wanted to give you a heads up on too as parents is that some of the content might be sensitive if you haven't had the talk with your kids. And so we recommend as a general rule, probably around fifth grade, we know information these days is going less than that, but um, just want to let you as parents know and you can uh, make the decision that's best for your family there. But excited about that day and just praying God would bring healing and help to, to us through him. And then wanted to just uh, wrap up today thanking Spencer Mock for being a, a part of our staff this past summer. He was served as our intern and just did a, an amazing job. He is uh, headed off to college this week at Boyce and may be considering going into vocational ministry and just want to be praying for him around that. But wanted to say thank you to him as he, it was, he served in so many different capacities under Pastor Kyle, and was a blessing to us, was a blessing to our staff, and just love his heart and his uh, his passion to serve Christ. And so, is Spencer in here today? I don't see him at the, in this moment, but if you see him, give him a hug, and, and uh, we'll be praying, praying for him. A couple things to be praying for Annie Johansson, continue to lift her up. Heard from Joe this morning, and, and they're just trusting the Lord. She's still in ICU, but that God would bring um, her home from Sweden and bring her back to full health. And then celebrating with the Callahan family as little Vera May came into this world and I'm so looking forward to meeting her, but so grateful for, for her and healthy mom. And if you would go ahead, stand with me and we will be dismissed in the blessing today. As we go today, may we go receiving the patience of our God and worshiping him for his patience poured out on us. But may we go ready to deliver a bowl full of patience to the people around us. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.